Hello, hello. Welcome to Yay for Growth. I'm your host, Savannah Zipak, and this is a podcast where we have all kinds of conversations. So get comfortable, take a deep breath, check in with yourself, and let's get started. Hello, everybody. Just a quick disclaimer before I start the episode. I am exactly as this title for the episode says, having a conversation with you in the car. Don't worry, no Savannahs were harmed in the making of this video. No drivers, no passengers, no nothing. Um, Very safely had my phone placed and was paying attention to the road as I talked to the microphone. Um, with that being said, you know, you'll probably hear some, like, little changes in the road, uh, the noise my tires make, or, uh, other cars going by, and, you know, maybe it'll be annoying for you to listen to, I don't know, but I'm just putting it out there because it felt really good to talk about, I had a blast, and I'm just happy to be recording as always. Alright, enjoy the episode, love you, bye-bye! Hey guys, I am back. Not that I was ever gone. I'm just, I guess, a little less consistent. A lot has changed since the last time I made an episode. And right now I'm kind of just in the car, like investigator style, feeling like having a long conversation with my yay for growth fam. So here I am. I did have a scripted episode, but you know what? Fuck that living life on the edge and let's get into it so let's see a few things uh for starters my last episode episode 40 where i was discussing the fact that i'm going into a intensive outpatient program for anxiety depression just mental health in general um yeah that episode had like way more listens than any of my other episodes like that is my most highly played episode within a month of it airing so thank you guys for that I really appreciate everybody listening and I did notice on Instagram that there's a couple new people following the podcast so I'm just really happy to see that despite me not really being around uh to take care of myself you're all still supporting the podcast and you're all still wanting to listen so man just thanks for that you know you don't you don't know what it means to me but yeah let me just let's get into it let's talk about how things have been going so um a couple things Taylor Swift's new album came out I mean what the fuck like if you haven't listened to it well shun you I'm disappointed (laughs) because damn that album it hits your heart and if you love taylor swift already this is just like she just keeps getting better and better and better and better with every album and every project she's really good at what she does and um the 10 minute version of all too well Ooh, okay so i have a story about that so basically I only actually discovered the song all too well because I wasn't a big fan of the album Red when it when it actually came out. That's when I was in my like mad at Taylor Swift for going pop phase. <laughs> so I was like, oh, I'm just so angry and for no reason. And then um, 
I was discovering some like kind of like newish music this year. Like my taste in music has changed significantly. So significantly that I find it hard to listen through an entire like punk album anymore because it's just I think it has to do with healing and mental health. Like, you know, a lot of punk songs they sing about uh, depression and self-deprecation and it it kind of keeps me down right it no longer feels like an outlet but it just actually feels like something that's keeping me down when I listen to it so long story short uh yeah I discovered some new music this week not week <laughs> this year and around June I actually discovered the song all too well and, um, I'm saying it like I'm the first fucking person to ever listen to this song. <laughs> no, it was just the first time I ever listened to All Too Well that I could remember. And I've been listening to it all summer. And I had no idea she was going to be releasing this 10-minute version. So it's just funny because, like, everyone likes it now. And I don't want to be, like, all hipster and be like, I liked it before it was cool. But, I mean, like, that's basically where I'm at now. <laughs> so it's just really funny. Um, yeah, so Taylor Swift, and that song is really great because it outlines, like, even though you could be with somebody for a short amount of time, sometimes it's, like, time is just not as important as people think it is. Like, you can have somebody affect you more in three months than three years, right? And I kind of been learning that in my relationship now, which I'll probably talk about later, but I've just been learning that, like, my relationship with my boyfriend Glenn he and I have grown so much in just three months exponentially and I turned to him the other day when we were talking about like exes and past relationships and all of that and I was like honestly babe like I feel like we've done more growing in three months than I did in my three-year relationship like it's phenomenal when you're with the right person but it also works the other way around like Sometimes you can have those relationships that don't turn totally exclusive um, for, like, let's say, you know, like a couple months where it's, like, more than a fling but not exclusive yet, you know, where you're just kind of, like, dating. Um, and that can affect you way more. Like, you can have a harder time getting over those situations than you do, like, a relationship that you've been in for years. It just all depends on the people. It depends on the dynamics. So long story short, blah, blah, blah. Taylor Swift was, um, in All Too Well, she talked about, you know, a respected relationship with Jake Gyllenhaal and the ways in which he gaslit her and just treated her really shitty. And basically, if you listen to the rest of Red, the album Red, you can really pick up on the fact that this relationship or whatever she had with him affected her and the way that she let people treat her going forward and the way that she viewed herself you know she doubted herself she she just felt crazy you know she didn't feel um great and I'm sure affected her relationship dynamics going forward 100% because when you experience gaslighting it's really really hard work to unlearn because you gaslight yourself even after the the gaslighter is out of your life you were taught to second guess yourself because of them right and that's kind of something that I experienced this year which my boyfriend keeps pointing out to me and I'm working through you know like so, yeah, listen to Taylor Swift's album if you need a good cry. 
listen to all too well watch the video is so good um and kind of just go from there but now actually getting into the meat of everything how's my life how am i doing i am feeling the healthiest i've felt in a long time and by that i mean stable like i am just not as uh I don't want to say like breakable because I think that's kind of a negative connotation. So I'm just going to say I am not as fragile. I think that's it. Like I am learning skills in DBT that which is dialectical behavioral therapy, which really are just allowing me to, you know, regulate my emotions and kind of like understand my thought processes and above all of that like self-validation and self-compassion which can go a long long way and in this program I realized that it's just so crazy to me how many people I've had to explain you know what an IOP intensive outpatient program is and how many people don't know that these are programs if you have insurance they cover most of it you know and most if not all and these are available to people there is help out there and I've got really angry when thinking about it because I was like you know what it's really fucking sad that I've been hospitalized for my mental health how many times for panic attacks my eating disorder whatever and not once did a doctor ever refer me to a program like the one I'm in now This year was the first time somebody did that. And somebody gave me the tools and the resources, the information to get the help that I needed. And so it's just very eye-opening to see that there's some kind of disparity going on. And with that being said, I talked about this on my Instagram. Um, I've been considering for about six months, I've been looking into public health. And so I've been working on a graduate school application for a public health program to get my PhD. So really cool stuff, really cool stuff. But, you know, so I already had this interest in public health and I knew I kind of want to work with like behavioral science, you know, mental health, whatever. But I wasn't sure what. I was like, oh, I could work with like, um, you know, just like awareness or education or whatever. But then I really thought about it after I started this program And I was like, you know what? I'm angry. I'm angry that not enough people know about these. I'm angry that, you know, doctors have to just focus on the medicine and there aren't public health professionals. Um, There aren't enough working with them to make sure patients are getting these resources. Like, I don't think it should be on all on the doctors. I just think it's that there's a higher demand for public health professionals. Um, So basically... I now have this like really crazy drive and motivation um, because of going through this program and seeing how much like how limited knowledge there is to the access people actually have to this stuff as well as how some people don't have access certain populations just don't right I'm fortunate to live in an area where these programs are readily available in you know everywhere New Jersey is very dense and we have a lot of medical professionals uh, mental health professionals etc so it's a lot to choose from but you know I'm seeing and learning how it's like 
not everybody has that access, you know? Uh, people who live in rural areas or poor areas, uh, even just like more city-like, busier areas, things like that. Um, it's just really something to think about, something to consider. And yeah, so that's kind of my passion right now. And I'm really happy because as any of you who've been listening to this podcast know, and for those who don't, if you're new, I have had the hardest time really just navigating where I want to go in my career because I've been trying out lab science. I mean, you know, I've been doing research for years. If you count my experience in undergrad, like all I know is research and lab science and I've been doing that for so long, but I'm still not satisfied at the end of any job. And I've tried out many different types of research which, listen, I'm grateful for those opportunities because they've led me to where I am now, but I am just not clicking with staying in lab science, and I think it's because I can only help, like, it feels like I can only help on an individual level, like, it's just very, I want to help communities and populations, like, I want to make changes that help more than just one person you know and I think public health that's what it's about it's about the community and the global level and it's just funny because every time I say I'm interested in public health people are like oh the pandemic really got you huh and I'm just like no I'm sorry I don't give a fuck about like coronavirus (laughs) no that's not true but like as far as a career goes I'm like no like pandemic like no that's not I don't want to go into epidemics right epidemiology um epidemics I said (laughs) epidemiology I definitely not my route so anyways yeah I just I want to help people on a larger level and it's like so nice to be in this place of clarity that it's like this is what I want to do and this is what I'm doing and you know I kind of went about it my own way and only just started telling like people in my life that this is my plan and what I'm doing and a big thing that I'm learning this year is just like boundaries like you don't have to tell everybody everything even if they ask you know you can just live your life and keep what you want to yourself I think is just the biggest thing that I've taken out of all of this um yeah so my program has not only been good for me and my relationships because I definitely think I've improved my communication like my boyfriend kind of tells me all the time he's just like you know I'm so proud of you because you're just you're communicating so much differently and it's easier to talk to you and all these things and it makes me really proud that the people in my life are pointing it out to me you know without me even bringing it up uh so yeah I mean I'm on the right track but it's not to say everything is better right it's it's just to say I have tools to deal with what comes up for me so you know I am also angry that like why does it have to take somebody to get to their breaking point in mental health to be offered this information in these types of therapy i really really think that like what i'm learning in dbt everybody could use honestly like dbt and even just cognitive behavioral therapy too like these skills are so useful so essential in order to have effective 
communication and reduce your personal suffering because what you focus a lot on is like negative thinking patterns and emotional regulation, self-soothing, like how to really work through stuff as well as understand, you know, where your triggers are coming from. And that's the trauma work. That's the trauma work, which not everyone has to get into. But I'm just getting like very uh, passionate and angry about the fact that why don't we have you know, in our school system, this stuff implemented for children, especially those who don't have these skills taught to them at home, which is honestly most of us growing up, right? We're just here unlearning all of the bullshit and trying to figure it out and be happy. But it shouldn't have to be that hard. It shouldn't. And you shouldn't have to pay loads of money to learn about dialectal behavioral therapy or cognitive behavioral therapy. Like, yeah, you could buy self-help books, this, this, and that, but nothing beats you know, having somebody teach you these skills and actively working on them with like practice and assignment like time and time again, you know, like a class. So all this is to say that I really, you know, as far as my career or future in public health goes, I would love to eventually one day get into helping with policy and like schools, you know, health programs offering um, or requiring therapy tools and resources as a part or like interpersonal communication or self-regulation like those should honestly be in health classes it's like they put so much emphasis on yes we have to talk about nutrition yes we have to talk about sex and reproductive organs and bodies and everything but what about the mind because you know what you can't do anything else without the mind you can't eat without the mind you can't sleep without the mind you can't go to the gym you can't run around you can't do all these activities if you are not well you know so I just think I would love to see in the future like this is my wildest dream is that in public schools you know they have um even just once a month you know maybe just have a week where it's like okay we're gonna like have these workshops where we're gonna practice these communication skills and stuff um I think it could be really beneficial um to creating a more compassionate and kind society as well as effective because if people know how to communicate more effectively out of what's called your wise mind instead of your emotion mind you know I think we would do what is more effective right in the moment and that's big that's very important um so yeah I'm learning about these different types of things and emotion mind is basically ruled by exactly what you think it's ruled by emotion um moods feelings opinion and then you have rational mind i think or reasonable mind i think it's reasonable mind, uh which is ruled by facts and logic and practicality and so you have these things but Sometimes staying in one or the other doesn't serve you because when you're in emotion mind, you tend to act out of, guess what? Emotion. And then when you, you know, so you could do something impulsive. You could do something that's ineffective, something that could lead to another behavior that may hurt you or a loved one. Um, And then when you're in rational mind, sometimes we're not looking at the bigger picture because we're so focused on the minute facts and logic and details that we actually don't consider how we feel about something. It's like, oh, 
a, a great example would be, you know, I don't really want to go to college, but I'm going to go to college because, uh, you know, I have to get a degree and make X amount of money and this, this and that. But you're not considering like, oh, maybe I'm not ready for that. Maybe that won't make me happy. You know, maybe I need to be more stable emotionally before I can go back to school. So there's there's all of these things, right? And so what you want to do is take those two minds and meet them with what is called wise mind, which kind of considers both, right? It considers the facts, it considers the logic, it considers the thoughts and the feelings because they all serve a purpose. What you think and what facts are in front of you are equally as important. How you feel, you know, how something feels in your body, how people make you feel in your life when you're with them. All of that matters and it's trying to tell you something. So, yeah, I don't know. I think I just, it, it's been so relieving to learn all of this. And it has also been sad at the same time because I think about, you know, people in my life who could benefit from this type of help but you know just like I found it myself they have to use you know um and it's just been such a great experience that I really can't I don't have any complaints you know I lucked out and I'm with a really good program I have heard of you know like one of my friends was recently in an IOP as well not gonna talk too much about that to for confidentiality reasons but basically you know I was talking to him and like his program wasn't really doing it for him like it just wasn't giving him I think what he needed um in order to succeed so it was kind of harder so I'm very lucky I have a great program it's designed pretty well um etc etc but yeah I think you know, if you or a loved one are struggling and, you know, you think it needs to be at a certain point for you to get help, that's really not true. Um, yeah, you can't really be admitted into an IOP unless you're, like, at risk, right? Um, but all I'm saying is, you know, you could still be living a high-functioning life and struggling immensely right so don't ever second guess whether or not you're worthy of help whether that be therapy or um, a program or even just a book that teaches you something new to help you be less hard on yourself the biggest (laughs) lesson for me has been self-compassion which I'm still not great at but I'm getting a lot better Especially because last week, like, I was on the up and up scale, right? Like, I've been taking my meds. Like, I got all of them in order. I kind of just have, like, a good system going. And in doing that, you know, I've just been on the up and up. I haven't really been down. And then last week, I went over the psychoeducation with my individual therapist about the diagnosis for PTSD, so that is one difference since the last time I was here. My, I've been officially diagnosed with PTSD. But in that diagnosis, I have a huge understanding. A huge understanding of my behavior and why my hypervigilance is the way it is. And why I'm so... Like, it's very hard for me to trust people. Um, yeah, so it's it's been pretty eye-opening. I recently reposted something from the account on instagram it's called find your shine therapy 
highly recommend there's some great stuff on there and they post uh that account posted something that uh basically gave all the inward and outward symptoms of ptsd so like how it's outwardly expressed and how it is inwardly like how it feels and affects the individual um so yeah that's kind of just been like a big thing for me and oh man it felt so good to talk to you guys about all this stuff and get it off my chest um there's definitely still more to talk about so let's see um as far as the podcast goes we'll take like a little turn like i'll stop talking about all that deep heavy stuff um that i'm like angry about and like just mental health capitalism patriarchy no i'm kidding (laughs) um that's kind of my mood right now but let's shift gears let me talk to you about the podcast itself right uh what to expect going forward so i'm basically still just gonna release episodes whenever it works for me i ended up canceling the patreon because listen i'm so thankful for the people who did sign up but it it was not nearly as many people as i needed in order to feel motivated to keep up with it you know like i just didn't have enough people that it just felt like I was talking into the abyss <laughs> and you know I I don't I don't want it to be like that I don't want it to be like that at all so you know I decided now's just not the time and it's okay to admit that and I had to really fight with it and surrender I was putting so much pressure on myself to release these patreon episodes and then I looked at it and I was like for what like yeah it's great that I do have people that support me but there is something to be said about the need for like like realistic um realistic conditions right like so the podcast right now i think is just going back to its roots where it's for me and you guys like it's not it's not for anything else (laughs) it's not for anything um bigger Um, And I think that, you know, if there comes a time where the podcast is meant to, you know, be at Patreon, be on Patreon again, like I could relaunch it. And, you know, if our listener base grows or community grows, whatever, like we'll see, we'll, we'll see where things go. But for now, I am in a very comfortable place having detached myself from the podcast a little bit. Like I was so attached to it, I think, especially as a coping mechanism um as a way to like still kind of work through things but maybe not totally deal with them head on um so yeah i don't know it's just it's kind of just like a thought it's kind of a thought and i um just appreciate all of you who are here any of you who are listening to this um you know as always still welcome to episode suggestions recommendations all that stuff i would love to do a q a episode but honestly the community with this podcast all of you guys listen to the episodes at different times if it's like i knew all of you listened to this right whenever i released it then i would absolutely do q a but like that's just not the case right now and that's okay i think there is something to be said about learning how to surrender and accept you know the moment for like something for what it is because i'm learning like in my program radical acceptance right and it's like sometimes we wish so badly for something to be a certain way that we try to like hold on to that 
and take actions towards the reality of that happening when really you you know you kind of just need to surrender and accept like all right I've put my all into this thing and if it's still not moving forward then it must not be for me same thing with a person or a relationship same exact thing and you know it's just it's very interesting to think about I think I'm only just now starting to practice surrendering um and this year everything has changed me everything has changed me a lot you know even though I went through some shitty situations some shitty relationships I've lost a lot of people this year man um but it really hasn't been a loss it's been a gain because I have I have like peace I have peace of mind I feel good like I just I'm not I don't have anyone in my life that really gives me anxiety anymore and that's a beautiful place to be at you know it's not to say I never feel anxiety because of a situation with somebody or maybe an argument um but like that's normal it's it's not oh I'm feeling anxious just by this person's presence or by who I am when I'm with this person I'm not disappointed in myself and uh yeah I think it just it took a while for me to really think about like take stock of the people in my life and be like I'm just not growing like with this person or that person or whatever and people can take it however they want um but I've learned that it's like you know what I don't have to explain myself to anybody and we're all adults here like if people want to talk to me about something they are more than welcome you know but if I've tried to talk to you about something multiple times and you still don't get it then you know I have every right to not engage (laughs) or if you keep getting the same kind of responses from somebody you have every right to not engage so yeah I don't know it's it's just been quite a year man and you know my boyfriend is like the best thing that's happened to me he's so protective of me and I fucking love it I've never had somebody so like somebody looking out for my best interest i've only ever had a partner that looks out for their best interest and that's sad but it's true right and not to say we shouldn't like it's not like oh like he puts me before himself absolutely not it's just in every choice we make everything we do and everything going on in my life that i'm considering whether it's like a job or school or whatever my living situation he's just always thinking about my best interest and that is why i am so thankful to have him because you know we just provide that safety for each other um and reflection you know it's just it's a mature person and it's an equal give and take and hopefully um we're gonna get him on the podcast soon i'm pretty damn excited i love him so much and he wants to talk about astronomy maybe we'll talk about our relationship a little bit because like I really friend zoned him so like it's a very funny story slash conversation um but yeah anyway I hope you all enjoyed this episode please take care of yourselves and I will talk to you later